Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network, a station dedicated to the concept that all manifestations of the divine are equally valid. Join Reverend Terry Power HP, Robin McKean, and all the hosts for programming covering a wide range of spiritual topics, right here on Blog Talk Radio. Welcome from Mount Olympus. I am Hercules Invictus. My Olympian mission is to promote lifelong personal development, human empowerment, out-of-the-box thinking, creative self-expression, and a dedication of one's unique talents to community service. All of my labors in this lifetime celebrate the hero's journey in myth, legend, spirituality, popular culture, and in daily life. I firmly believe that the human spirit is essentially heroic and always seeking ways to express its innate nobility and greatness, and that a life fully lived, dedicated to actualizing the highest we can conceive, is the noblest expression of human existence. It is great to be back on the Spiritual Unity Radio Network, uh, and we'll be here regularly once a week on Fridays with the Age of Heroes. And our focus for tonight is optimal wellness. And I am greatly honored to have Nancy Labov from Alumni in Recovery. And tonight uh, she'll be telling us a little bit about uh, herself, her organization, and the Black Poster Project. Greetings and welcome, Nancy. How are you? Greetings. Thank you, Hercules. I'm doing great. And how are you? I love your affirmations uh, of, well, thank of you. the program. Thank you. I'm a very eccentric person with eccentric interests. So fortunately, oh, that was, uh, yeah. our world provides an outlet for them. Yes. Yes. Thank you. So you're doing something phenomenally great. And uh um, I remember I was very impressed from uh, the initial introduction to alumni in recovery uh, to all the things that you've been doing and your creativity um, recently mm. in finding funding and continuing during a pandemic. And uh, you guys never give up, you know, and that's great. <laughs> uh, so I'm curious, can you tell us a little bit about, about your background and what brought you yeah. to this point? Yes, yes, thank you. Um, you know, when I was listening to the uh, to the statement, your like mission statement at the beginning of this, and about you know finding our our purpose within this journey of our lifetime and uh, the spirituality behind it all, uh, it, it just um, it, it it it's just so um, just it just fits so perfectly because like you know if I, I look back into my journey. And I look back into my beginnings, you know, uh, being a, a, um, a person born into a family that uh, had so much alcoholism tied into it. And mm. um, a lot of uh, just um, a lot of disruption within my, my life growing up um, and moving around a lot 
and, and and never knowing exactly where I fit in. It was just like I I just always felt like I was um you know, I, I didn't know where to belong. And uh, and when I was young, uh, like in in middle school years, I, I was truly depressed, and I had probably a learning disability. Probably they would call it ADD. Uh, my grades really just weren't working. I didn't have a, a stable family life that could support me on my journey, and um, and I and I, I really just I just didn't have any. I didn't know who. To turn to, I didn't really have any friends. I had a couple, but I, I just really didn't feel like I fit in. And um, so, so having that makeup and setup, it was, it was really a perfect storm to fall into, drinking and smoking substances, you know, smoking pot. Um, and I never ever wanted to do that, um, knowing that, you know, seeing what it did to my family, alcohol. I just never did, but I felt that that was my ticket to fit in, then that's where I was going to go. And so, you know, I, 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 you know, throughout my years, just to, you know, uh, fast forward into my high school years were, were full of, you know, what they, back in the seventies, you know, up until I graduated in 1980, it was just, you know, alcohol pot and, um, and, you know, and, and that was pretty much it. You know, there was, there were some other things, but there was not the prescription drug scene that they have now um, for our, our teenagers. So, wow. Um, what, yeah, well, well, so what I a mean, journey. that was typical. Well, yeah, I mean, but, but I was, but I was using, I was using substances. It, it allowed me to, you know, just not have to uh, deal with, um, home life, uh, all those feelings that I was feeling before, it just kind of melted it all away. And I, I you know, I, I came out of my, my, uh, my isolated box. I, I became popular or whatever you want to call it. And, and, um, and I thought I was enjoying life. And then, you know, then I, um, I found that, you know, it, 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 it didn't work because I, I got a DWI and uh, a driving mm-hmm. while intoxicated. I lived in Boston at the time, and I was twenty. I was twenty-five at the time, and um, and and I was introduced to Alcoholics Anonymous, and I was introduced to uh, the idea of not drinking. And someone, you know, uh, that was close to me, told me that you know why don't you just you know abstain completely, and and uh, you know there is another way out. So twelve-step recovery was my route to beginning to, you know, stay sober. So I've been sober 31 years. And on top of That's that, great. I also, thank you. Yes, well, it's my life because because I know I can't use substances because I don't know where it'll take me. It's like having an allergy. So so I don't, but, but what makes my life full and whole is, um, you know, continuing to be able to, uh, give back to others, have people within a support system that can support me on my journey. And, um, and, 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 but the, the beautiful thing is, is that I belong to everything. You know, I, I don't, I, I don't, I'm, I'm freed up, you know, because I, I know who I truly am now. And, I, and so, so that my recovery side, you know, um, has a lot to do with why I started alumni in recovery, but also I'm a nurse. And I've worked treatment and addiction, addiction treatment for a very long time. 
and I um, I made it my life's like purpose to to understand the complete picture of uh, um, treatment for addiction. So you know I became a counselor. I worked as an EMT. I um, worked all different types of facets of uh, the addiction world as an you know and um, so I learned a lot uh, about about the, the the world of addiction. And then, so, so that's like my background. And then I started alumni in recovery, but it didn't just come to me like that. It, it was that when I, um, I worked at a place called Springhouse for Women, which is a long-term treatment for uh, women mm-hmm. um, for addiction on, on the grounds of uh, Newbridge Medical Center over in Paramus. And it's for um, New Jersey residents, basically, Bergen County residents. And it's a wonderful, wonderful place for women to go to get well. But while I was there, I had the opportunity of bringing young women to speak in a high school. You know, they wanted the young girls. So I brought them in. Mm -hmm. And while sitting there, I saw something incredible. And that was the kids in the seats at the school were actually listening to them, asking them questions. And I saw this magnificent peer-to-peer identification going on because these girls were talking about what it was like when they were in high school. And, mm-hmm. and it, I was like, we got to do more of this. I thought, you know, because it, it really honed into even my own youth it was just like, why didn't I have something like this when I was young? I wonder if it would have helped make a difference in my life, you know, to choose and opt for different choices. So I was like going to start bringing in the, the women from Springhouse to some high schools. But a young woman in the town that I live in here in Bergen County said, well, I was working out with her one day. And she says, you're going to, to um, Northern Valley, uh, Ultapan? She says, that was my school. I want to speak there. And I was like, well, okay, let me look into that. And then I saw I was talking and the counselors like, we would love to have her back, you know? So then I realized that I knew other people because I, because I'm, um, you know, network within the recovery world around the area. And I love talking to others. It's one of my favorite things to do to meet others and to connect people. It's really, I've always been very, very interested in that. And so I realized that I could begin to connect the alumni with their old schools, you know, the the ones that are in recovery with the schools that they used to go to, because that would just be so powerful for kids to listen to. Because the wonderful thing about people in recovery is that, they're pretty clear on what got them there and they have a much better idea and understanding of the disease of addiction because that's what we learn when we recover than somebody that's not working a program of recovery. So, and they already know, you know, and partly part of our, the, you know, recovery process is learning how to speak in groups and tell your story. Mm -hmm. So, anyways, I made guidelines, and and I realized that alumni in recovery was was um, something that was uh, there was a need for it. We do, we didn't have this going on in our area, so so I created this and 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 made guidelines to it to keep it safe and reliable, and uh, that was like sixty years ago, and um, wow. you know up and up into the COVID situation. 
we were doing roughly 60 school presentations um, a year, a school year. With uh, and and it wasn't just one person going in; it would be a couple people together, so they could like you know be week. like a team. That's really great. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so that's um, and it's all volunteer because that's a corner cornerstone of recovery is volunteerism of service to give back what was freely given to you, and um, and it's also a great way to empower the young people that have found their way into recovery because they didn't die of an overdose. Um, or a tragic addiction death, which happens way too often. And, Unfortunately. And, and yes, and we have so many young people in recovery now. It gives them a platform of which only which empowers them to be able to do something that only they are equipped to do, and that is talk to our youth in a way that our youth will identify. That is powerful, and. Uh... Uh, there's nothing like uh, peer counseling where somebody who's actually been through something uh, and came out the other end and uh, made something of themselves uh, beyond it um, helps somebody who just got into it or is uh, actively struggling with it. Because um, people who don't know what it's like, uh, their insight is often off the mark. It's on, it's exactly. And, and also, you know, People don't want to, you know, people when, people don't want to be talked to, you know, they want to, they want to also to hear your story. I know that I am as, as guilty as probably anybody, but I could look at somebody and think that they have nothing to offer me. And then when they start telling me their story and what they went through, there's a piece of me that just connects to them on a heart-to-heart level like nothing else. So I really, truly believe in the ability for somebody to share their story with another, to connect and feel like we're part of something bigger and that we take us out of isolation. Do you focus primarily on Bergen or do you uh, venture forth into like New York and uh, in other uh, counties that are more to the West? Well, the the thing is with um, you know we are also more than just that now we have the, we have like three different tiers to our program, um, which I'll just share with you a, a bit about. But excuse me, the program alumni and recovery organization can be started anywhere where there's a recovery community. So we have people that coordinate alumni and recovery members that coordinate for us in Essex County. In Passaic County, some in Hudson, and some in Warren, Sussex. There's not a lot of there's not a lot going on in Warren, Sussex, and Hudson right now, but um, Essex and Passaic is starting to get a little bit more involved. I mean, there's um, there's a number of schools that are beginning to find that this is valuable, and we also have and and when we have schools. To serve, we can find more members to go in and speak from that area. So we're we're so there's a recovery community everywhere, and and if if there's a need, we can help try to fill it. And if there's somebody that would like to start one, even in their area, we can help them. 
begin one. It's um, it's wow. free. It's and, and and it's just it's so valuable for everybody because the thing is, is that the recovery community basically is not doesn't have a platform to go out in public. I mean, there are you know there's I mean there's Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous. There's Smart Recovery. But but primarily Narcotics Anonymous and Alcoholics Anonymous, and they do speaking commitments into schools and um, institutions of sorts, but they do not have, it's not geared the way that alumni in recovery is, which is just young people, and with following the guidelines that we have set out. You know, they can they can basically talk about, you know, why they're in narcotic, I mean, Narcotics Anonymous or Alcoholics Anonymous and, you know, and talk as a member of those organizations. But this is not about talking about those organizations. This is about I am a person in recovery and this is my story. So so that's something that um, it's a way it's a different vehicle. And it's it's really never been one that's been organized or a brand created around, so it could be recognized as a service that's uh, something that you know communities can can um, go to. And um, that is know. a very noble uh, vision and a grand vision and a bold vision. And I, uh, as you're talking, I'm getting some ideas on how I can help out uh, in my small way with uh, uh, getting the word out. But we'll talk about that uh, after the show. Uh, tell us about this, the Black Poster Project, and um, it's coming to Tenafly uh, on August 18th, which is Tuesday from 5 to 7 p.m. Sure, I will. So, so the, to, to get to the Black Poster Project, the, the um, Alumni in Recovery Parent Program, which does primarily community-based events, and this is the grieving community within our organization. These are primarily parents that have lost their children to um, overdose deaths or just addiction deaths, but the, the absolute majority is overdose deaths because of the epidemic. We do have an opioid epidemic going on. And these parents do speak publicly through our community-based events, which we do alongside our recovering members. So we have the grieving community and the recovery community speaking together. But as, and, and it was growing, because as you know, and how we connected was what, you know, alumni in recovery has been going to different towns to try and yeah. encourage the community to embrace the community-based events. And then COVID happened and the pandemic and everything closed down and, you know, we couldn't do, you know, community-based events. We couldn't gather people together. So Dee Gillen, who is one of our parent members has what she started as of last um, overdose awareness day, which is August 31st. It's international overdose awareness day last year in Piermont. She was invited to attend and she decided, and she was going to speak. And she decided she was going to make some posters of some of the people's loved ones because she's a graphic artist. And she was going to make some posters of some of the uh, young people that have passed. So she had a, a number of them. And, and, and we had met that day. And then she began to make posters for the walk we had in October. And she was up to about 70 posters at that point. 
And um, it's, a, it's a really powerful image to see all these young lives, just people's beautiful children that have been taken from them before their time and in, in a collective a collective setting. So she, would, she brings them to all of our community-based events. But now that there's nothing, nobody's been talking about overdose deaths. Um, nobody's been talking about anything that has to do with the drug epidemic going on in our state and in our country because it's way overshadowed right now by the, um, the, the COVID uh, pandemic. But, you know, just so you know, last year, 2019, before the epidemic, 71,199 people died of an overdose death in our nation. Wow. I know. And then in New Jersey. What? That is way too many uh, people. Yes. And and in New Jersey last year, over 3,000 people died of an overdose death. And by May 31st, it was a suspected 1,600 and um, something deaths in New Jersey. So I don't know about you, but it doesn't, it's almost like every other week I hear about somebody that's passed from an overdose in our area. And, and, and this is a very, unfortunately, stigmatized disease. And our, our media doesn't cover it. And, um, you know, people don't really know how to talk about it. It's, it's one of those type of disease processes that really has a lot of uh, ability to wreak havoc in someone's life because we're not allowed to, we don't have really a vehicle to talk about it. So anyways, Dee Gillen said that she was going to commit the whole month of August. She's from Haworth, New Jersey. The whole month of August, she's going to have Overdose Awareness Month, and whatever town wants, she's bringing the Black Poster Project and doing a silent memorial. She says, I'm going to put it out there, and whatever town wants to do it, that's great. And so she's our alumni and recovery member, and it falls under alumni and recovery. So I reached out to, with her, we, we reached out to a number and other members, a number of different uh, towns. Uh, so we have a schedule. We have a, a, a full month of going to different towns. So we'll be in Tenafly, and she's bringing her, yes, uh, 150 posters. And it will be uh, this Tuesday uh, from 5 to 7 in Oresco Park in Tenafly. Will, will you be attending? Yes, I most certainly will. We, uh, awesome. I attend every with her. Uh, I will pass by. That. I'll pass by. Um, what do you call it? I oh, don't live that far from Moresco Park. Uh, I don't know how long I can stay because I have a podcast uh, um, soon after, uh, but I will be by there sometime between 5 and 7 p.m., so that it, it'll be great to uh, connect there. Um, in the interim, how can people find out more about this and contact you and uh, explore possibilities for uh, ending this tragedy? Thank you for asking. It's going to take all of us to end this tragedy. Each and every person can participate in showing up for events like this. It seems like, well, what will that do? But by that person showing up, it enlightens them just a little more to be able to have that much more information 
to be able to possibly help another because we all know somebody that's affected. So yeah. you could go, they can go to um, our Facebook page, which is at Alumni and Recovery NJ. Alumni, it's also just Alumni and Recovery on Facebook, we're on Instagram, um, we, Twitter, and we also have um, a website, which is www.alumniandrecovery.org. And, um, you know, we have our schedules there for the Black Poster Project. And the Black Poster Project will be extended into September, which is Recovery Month. We also, we also have a concert that we're going to be doing September 12th in Tallman Pool Club, which is up at Tallman State Park from, from 6 to 10. And that's for our, um, you know, it's, uh, it's Recovery Rocks. And, but all these events that we're doing, especially the Black Poster Project, is, is um, a socially distanced, it's a walkthrough. It's, it's, it's easy. It's not, an, it's not a presentation. It's an actual exhibit of sorts. And we do have a booth set up. We have soft music. It's, um, it's really touching and powerful. I, I highly recommend people coming out to, to view it. Just um, look at the schedule to see how they can uh, help. And they can also, uh, if they want, they can make a donation on our, um, on our website or our Facebook page because, uh, you know, that, would, that could go a long way. So appreciate that. We appreciate Thank you it. so very much, and I appreciate your being on uh, tonight on such short notice. Thank you for helping me launch the new Tenafly Mayor's Wellness Campaign uh, segment as well. You're my first uh, guest, and uh, I'm, I'm greatly honored that uh, you're here. Um, I will be in touch, um, and I'll speak to you while we're playing the transitional music. Um, and I'm looking forward to the next time you or one of the folks uh, from uh, the Alumni in Recovery is on again. That's great. You can have any of us anytime. We have so many different, we have like over 120 members. So that's great. Wow. And um, thanks the mayor's wellness campaign. Thank you, Mayor's wellness, wellness campaign for having us in Tenafly. You're very welcome. I'll talk to you soon. We'll be back after this okay. song, which is Evolve by Bone Poets. Oh, 
Within us all is a unique greatness. All of us were gifted divine gifts at birth, and a great destiny lies ahead for anyone willing to follow their own unique path. The age of the victim is finally over, and the age of heroes has begun. The way of the hero posits that one must utilize one's individual strengths to make one's world a better place. One need not be perfect or operating from ideal circumstances either. Are not the heroes that inspire us often tragically flawed? Are their lives not in a state of flux and often full of uncertainty? Does this prevent them from attempting and accomplishing great things? No, it does not. So I'm very honored to introduce one of my champions of Olympus, Astrid, uh, from the Sussex Report. And uh, I'm really looking forward to tonight's uh, conversation. Greetings and welcome, Astrid. How are you? Greetings, Hercules. Doing well. I mean, this is a new world for us. It's uncharted land, and we're finding that the many things that we were accustomed to having in our path and with ease is no longer exists, and we have to have multiple game plans. Yes. Particularly when it comes to our health. <laughs> 
And as we're seeing, every day there's something new that comes out in terms of reacting to COVID-19. You know, what about this? What about that? There are different theories, conspiracy theories, different beliefs. But in the end, it is a virus. And there is no way to kill a virus. And people have to be aware of that. I mean, colds, there are like thousands of them. Uh, Flus, Mm -hmm. there's several of those. Um, there is the herpes virus. There's all these different viruses that will not go away. Yes, the best thing is uh, hoping for a vaccine, but that's not going to come easily. It's going to take time. So really the best thing is to keep ourselves as healthy as possible and practice safety measures no matter where we go. And unfortunately, this was never done before. I mean, I'm sure there are people that would have to remind people when they go to the to uh, the restrooms, wash your hands. They would have to put signs in there for <laughs> for the employees. Yeah. Please remember, you must. And and um, there are things that we take for granted that don't exist in other countries. For instance, a lot of these um, very bizarre viruses start in countries that are not what you call very sanitary, and um, animals are consumed for eating. And they're not under refrigeration. I mean, there are flies on them, insects. They are out there in open markets. This is where a lot of your diseases come from. Yeah, there, I've traveled when I was younger. I traveled uh, um, to a lot of different places. And it, it seems like uh, um, standards are very different in different uh, places. Uh, like, for instance, uh, in uh, rural Greece, uh, people you know, eat a lot of garlic. So sure. nobody's bothered by the smell of garlic there. Uh, but here, if you have even a fraction of that much uh, garlic, uh, people you know, react to it and uh, complain. Also, uh, throughout the Mediterranean, uh, people's sweat is not found to be offensive. Uh, the smell of sweat, it's the smell of people. So they don't find it uh, offensive in, in many places I traveled. So there's all sorts of things in every culture. Like uh, also um, um, basically just interactions between people. They're governed by different rules. So uh, you made a very good point. Most definitely. And, and you're right. I mean, there are things here. I remember during our class we were discussing the colors and and natural versus synthetic and just talking, making children aware of the fact that just because it's white doesn't mean it's better. And um, that was the case. It was a certain point, probably in the 50s, even more so. But, uh, you know, white is right. And that bleaching, you know, use a lot of bleach in your clothes. Yeah, never mind if the fabric falls apart. But, again, flour, sugar, bleached. And that's a chemical process. It doesn't make it better. It just makes it whiter. Mm-hmm. And they were amazed. They never thought of it. And I said, well, you know, when you're shopping, just look at, you know, certain aisles and see where it says bleached or unbleached. And just take note of how things are sold, you know, and then question why, you know, is there a benefit to it? Just question it. Because there are things that we just take for granted, that we do for granted, as we say. You know, we're used to having, going through supermarket finding everything that we want, all the shelf stock, that is not the case anymore. Now you go and there's very often there, I mean, we're back to seeing shelves that are bare. Maybe there are no rice products. Maybe there are no paper towels. Forget about wipes. But because we forget that just because we're in a certain area, a certain state, 
we are serviced by companies and truckers that, that bring them across the country. So what happens in one part of the country has a major effect on the rest of us. Yes, most certainly so. Definitely. And, um, yeah, and that's a great point in terms of, you know, whether to mask up or not mask up. It's a matter of, well, yes, it's your right, but we're so concerned about our own personal rights that we forget that we can inflict our decision upon others. The same as, um, you know, if you're driving a car and you're over a certain limit, there's a very good chance that you can hurt someone else and affect someone else's life. So, um, you know, we need to start thinking more more than just within our own little circle. We need to expand it out to the community, first off, you know, how we fit in with our community and how we affect our community, and then globally, how we work globally with one another. And a lot of people have a difficult time thinking globally, although it's becoming more and more apparent through the climate changes that are coming that we need to start thinking more globally. Um, a lot of people equate global thinking with globalism, which is a, a political um, ideology. Uh, so they resist that and they fight anything that might bridge the gap between people and get them working together. It's a very, um, very, very disturbing trend. Most definitely. And um, I don't know if I ever mentioned it here, but I know I've, I might probably mention it to you personally, but Traveling in the early mid seventies, I would say after college, uh, Europeans had a very time hard time comprehending, you know, why there was so much, why there were so many issues and, and so much disparity in America. Like, why are there these problems? And I'd have to point out to them first the size of the United States compared to the size of many countries. It's like traveling, interstate travel. And then uh, the United States also has areas that are, we're not even talking about the diversity of, of cultures, but you have sections that live a specific way. And we're not talking rural versus urban versus suburban. We're talking the East Coast versus the West Coast versus the Southeast versus the Southwest. Um, you know, the Midwest, we have all these different areas and all of them live a different way and by different um, rules, basically. Yes, that's, that's becoming more and more apparent uh, with uh, the information age, uh, which is bridging people. So people get information a lot faster and a lot less filtered than they used to get it before. Uh, so it's becoming very apparent that there are different cultures within this country. As you pointed out, that's something we all knew but I don't think the extent of it and the amount that it influences our lives was something people really, really totally grasp. Uh, sure, sure, because we become very insular within our own community. And maybe, you know, we're traveling to another state that could be different in terms of work or relatives, but we're not going across the whole country, you know, from east to west or north to south continually. So it's very hard to grasp. You know, the differences, and then within those, the socioeconomic differences. Yes, that, that also, uh, uh, that crosses uh, regional lines. There, there's a lot of uh, um, people in this country uh, who are in the lowest uh, tiers economically. 
Uh, sure. And they share a lot more in common than they would care to believe. You know, based on some of the things I'm hearing from people, they, they believe that they're uh, alone in what they're experiencing and that it's uh, primarily uh, because uh, uh, they are um, of a certain uh, nationality, I guess. Or, uh, like, I'll give you an example. Um, a lot of people I have spoken to over the years uh, who are um, white, as we're calling it, or Caucasians, um, they feel that their um, being in, in a difficult situation uh, is the result of other groups of people who they categorize as non-white doing things to them. So a certain group of people is controlling all the banks and all the money. So therefore, you know, that's why what's happening to them is uh, happening to them. Another group of people is coming in and taking away their jobs. <laughs> and that's why it's what happened. And those aren't really the cases, uh, but no. that's what they believe. And belief is a very powerful thing. And even if you have an erroneous belief, it can cause a lot of damage uh, to not only people around you, but to yourself as well. Most definitely. Well, now Europe, the past, I'd say, five, ten years, particularly the past, past five years, has had a major change. Influx of refugees, influx of people of different cultures, and they're having a hard time adapting because it is no more one major culture there whether it be, you know, in, in Scandinavia, which lives one particular way, and then they have an influx of certain people that have a, a completely the opposite way of living, or, um, um, you know, other country like France. Well, France always had an area that had Pakistanis and, and um, people of Arabic descent, always, because I remember traveling back then, they always had pockets of, of some people, but it's amazing how other groups never had that. And even Germany, they're having a really tough time now, which is lead, just getting along, you know, with people coming in with their cultures. And it's not wrong. They have their culture. But the people that are native to a country are totally thrown by the different way of different beliefs and different way of living, uh, whether it be religious or just cultural. And it creates for, rather than understanding it, you know, they're puzzled. And as you say, there's that pushback, whereas you see now in Germany is, is um, going through experiencing a rise in this very strong white supremacist movement. And basically anybody who is not German, even more than that, but it's very similar to our white supremacy movement in the United States. Uh, very frightening, very frightening, where it, they want a specific way. They want nothing to do with anyone who is different than them. Forgetting that every human being is different, even if you're the same nationality, based upon, you know, genetics and based upon your life experiences. You know, that's what has the major impact on you, even within a group. So, uh, yeah, you're right. The belief system really creates a, a lot of issues. And we see that now even with the, you know, what's going on with the Senate and this push and pull in terms of, well, how much money are we going to give and where is the relief going? It's a little frightening because then again, it gets back to a class thing and who they feel is abusing the money. And, you know, you can very well say, well, I don't want to give unemployment at this amount because then they'll never go out and look for a job. Well, first of all, you have to have jobs 
to look for. When you're wealthy and you have accounts in different banks, Deutsche Bank or you know Swiss bank accounts or this or that, it, it, it doesn't bother you. You have no concept of how other people live. And, what, and when I say other, I'm talking about a large majority of the people in this country that have lost very good paying jobs or lost the stability of having job security. That no longer exists. Right. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's, I'm getting older. Uh, I'm in my 60s now, as you know. And a lot right. of the things I used to do, uh, they don't really even exist anymore uh, in the way I used to do them. So uh, many things that were cutting edge at, at the time I was doing them, right now they're uh, s- simplistic. Um, and uh, the world keeps rearranging itself. And uh, right. you have to try to right. use your creativity and your uh, um, all your wits to, to try to figure out a way to uh, interact better with the world. And that's what I'm finding uh, in my particular uh, journey through life. So uh, the Internet for all its wonders, and I, I can't imagine I'm not having it. Um, it, it gives you so much information uh, that you often wonder, like you said in the beginning of uh, uh, tonight's segment, you know, you have so many different ways of looking at something. How do you know what's true? By what criteria do you judge? Uh, like, for instance, with COVID-19, uh, you have doctors, uh, uh, official doctors saying one thing. Then you have unofficial doctors saying something else. They're all doctors. Uh, and right. if you listen to what they're saying, uh, most of them make sense, you know, for somebody who's ignorant in being a doctor, uh, but what do you believe? And it it becomes uh, harder and harder, and uh, people manipulate that for political and other uh, uh, agendas, to, you know, to take advantage of this. Well, as we're talking about health, how many people that do not have jobs now, in the millions and millions, and now not even any income because there is no uh, unemployment benefit that's in place, and supposedly the Senate is not going back until after Labor Day. Wow. Another two weeks. And nothing is in place in terms of... of uh, evictions, that's out the window. So, you know, you have to worry about, uh, are you talking about the wellness? And that's what we're talking about. How are they handling, how are people handling their insurance aspects? How are you handling this? How are you dealing with your depression and anxiety over how you're going to resolve these issues? And you have to be proactive. That's the thing. You can't, yes, you're going to read through the materials, and then you have to make some decisions for yourself. There is in New Jersey, as we are in New Jersey, there is a site for New Jersey, and it's covid19.nj.gov, and you can also call 800-962-1253 for information, and they will go through the latest information, what is going on, and then my concern is where do you go if you want to be treated or tested? Because that's changed. They had, you know, during the height of it, the first wave, as they say, they had drive-through places in, in a lot of areas. In Sussex County, they had it at the community college. That's, not, that's no longer there. And when I went online to look, there weren't too many choices. You have to right. decide whether you're going to a doctor, if you can afford to go to your doctor, and uh, be given a test for it, but then they're going to want to know why you want the test. And they ask you a whole wealth of, a plethora of questions, whether you've been in contact with anyone, whether you have any reason to believe you could have it, or 
you know, all of this stuff. Are you in a high-risk situation? Uh, next question that's going to be added on is, um, are you back to work? And then is your child back to school? Here we go. Because that's going to bring about changes as well. So I know that there are places you can contact you know, CVS and Rite Aid, and you don't need in a place called Minute Clinic in Sparta. Most of these places require appointments. A lot of them are drive-through or they're mail labs or whatever. And um, you do not need a doctor's note for those places. So whatever county, you know, our listeners are in, you know, look up the county and look up where is availability for the covid testing you can actually go to the jersey.gov site and punch in your county and it will show you places and now they're even to the point where they say do you need an appointment and most of them do you know is it a drive-through or is it a place where you pick up a kit and you um uh, mail it in the other one is um is it free or do you have to have use insurance coverage for it so you know that's an issue and of course if you're high risk a health issue or if you are a senior citizen, you usually get priority. Notice I said usually, because um, that's changing, too, with certain situations. So, uh, you know, these are the different things. They're constantly changing, and you have to be proactive and be on top of it. And then if, you have a, if you're lucky enough to have choices, I would look at reviews of the places. How long does it take to get a result? What about the people that have, you know, have gone there? What were their experiences there? And and see what they think about that as well. I and mean, there's a lot of ways of looking at it. And we're doing more and more research on our own. For instance, I went for a well checkup, and I'm making an assumption, and you can no longer assume, you know, they have a, a lab services within the doctor's office there, that group. So I can go there, and then they they shuffle me off to a room where Mr. Mario draws blood for all the work. Not anymore. So you, if you're looking for blood work, and we're not talking COVID, just your regular blood work, you're going to have to contact your doctor, the doctor's office, or the group, medical group, ahead of time. And if you were used to using their own services or you use a particular service with them, find out if it's still available. Most of the times, these places are not anymore because as they were shut down and the doctor's offices were shut down, they, the businesses and the labs removed those people because they weren't making any money. I remember, uh, again, I, I hate to be going back years ago, <laughs> uh, but uh, I remember when I first started working, uh, when I was in my very late teens and early uh, 20s, um, unless you had to go to a hospital, um, there were clinics. And even sometimes uh, in the hospitals, there were clinics uh, that you would bring your pay stubs and your tax returns and you'd sit down with someone and they had a sliding scale. So they would charge you uh, for whatever you needed according to the sliding scale, um, well, and uh, they'd work out a plan with you if you if you couldn't provide all the money uh, uh, for the service uh, at, at once. They'd work something out for you monthly or you know whatever. Um, right. And I was in my again late teens, early twenties, and I was able to afford whatever medical services I needed as I wended my way through uh, uh, through life and. Uh, 
when the insurance companies first uh, came on board, I was uh, working in hospitals at the time. It was the age of empires when hospitals were acquiring other hospitals and hospitals were closing, and uh, it was very wild time. But initially, it seemed like a good idea um, to end uh, abuses to uh, the the system. Uh, But then it became very clear that what it turned into was, uh, um, if you're only going to pay us this much, we'll charge three or five times more than normal. And then right. if someone doesn't have insurance just, or doesn't have a way of paying for this, too bad. And that's a horrible thing. That's why, as you know, the hospital are, at one time they were called charity hospitals, but there are private hospitals and there are public hospitals. You know, so some are funded by the government. And therefore, you know, they have to um, be a little more forgiving with situations. Uh, and then, of course, it depends also, like as you just said, what type of insurance you have. Uh, there, there is no more just one insurance. There's HMO, there's PPO, there's the Blue Cross Blue Shield, the traditional, and then there's even not just PPO, but PPO, EAS, or something like that. There are different levels, just as when you go buy a car, you're not just buying, uh, you know, a Jeep. You are buying the Rubicon, you're buying the Trailblazer, you're buying this, you're buying that. There are multi-levels. They're horizontally. It's no longer vertically. And it's the same with medical care, which is why people have such a hard time choosing a medical plan, and more and more times you have to do that. And incidentally, the NJ.gov site had one part in there that said that if you cannot afford the testing, it would bring you to another link. So they realize that people are having a tough time, you know. So, but again, you know, having to be proactive. So now I have to get blood work, and what am I supposed to do? I look it up. I found a few labs, and of course, there's always the hospital. And mm-hmm. I try calling, and you're placed on hold forever, and you listen to a hundred menus. And now that you wasted a half an hour, and uh, it's advisable to get an appointment for lab work. You can be a walk-in from you know the street, but you're not guaranteed that you're going to be serviced because it's so tough right now. It's another world. Again, you have to be concerned about the fact there are less people working. They have to have spacing in between people. They don't want people bunched up, and you may have to be sitting in your car until they call you. And um, I find out that if I want an appointment after being on this phone menu for I don't know how long, I have to wait a week. And that's an issue if I have to see another doctor. So, I mean, there is always the hospital. Most hospitals have their own labs. But guess what? You're going to be placed on hold for a good 20 minutes to a half an hour. And mostly everybody directs you online to make an appointment because they're overwhelmed. And uh, so, you know... uh, What do you do? Well, you look at your choices. You write them all down. You look at the visualization. Maybe you try. Maybe you make an appointment. And then while you're doing that, because you can always break it if it's a week, you try Mm -hmm. a walk-in. You try a walk-in. Rather than get disgusted and say, well, and not resolve the situation, try a multi-approach. That's the best thing. You know, it's going to work out one way or the other. We had a doctor uh, on the show not too long ago um, who stopped taking insurance altogether. He just charges, you know, what, uh, uh, and he works with people on uh, paying him as well. And, okay. Uh, he, 
he had said something in fact that uh, other doctors are doing this now too. They just won't play the uh, the game with all the bureaucracy and all the um, you know uh, not getting paid by the government and by the insurance companies, right. all that type of stuff. So they just stopped accepting uh, insurance and started charging reasonable uh, rates again. Uh, and he's right. doing quite well. And uh, every now and then I check his uh, page on uh, Facebook. And his uh, customers seem to be saying wonderful things uh, about him. So uh, maybe this circumstance will spark another way of doing things, one that uh, actually serves the needs of uh, the people in our communities. Right. Well, we shall see because um, I have a few doctors that, that work that way or they're not covered under insurance and I have to pay out of pocket. And some of them want the money up front, and then you get reimbursed. I mean, that's happening more and more, you know, like they're out of network, out of network. And, again, it depends on your uh, type of insurance. But people also have to try and group together. And the reason why I say that is you can effect change. Just like we saw, you know, Facebook started having people, sponsors pulling away. The, it's amazing, you know, what numbers can do. It's the same, you know, contacting your uh, legislator, your senator, uh, contacting, getting a group of people and doing it en masse, you know, with the work and, and say, well, what about this? You know, uh, this is not covering this anymore. And, and uh, just educating people and the pow- people that can make the changes, educating them about what's happening. That's another aspect. Otherwise, forget it. And then again, you have to keep yourself healthy. Find out, you know, what the issue is. If it means washing your hands a lot and keeping things in your car, you know. And there's nothing wrong with using gloves if you're going to be in a situation where you feel like, you know, it's risky in terms of touching things, and you question the people that are working there or going in there that don't wear a mask and, you know, probably aren't even using sanitary measures or whatever, then you need to protect yourself. You need to be proactive. Take the sanitizer with you. Um, bring wipes if you can find them, uh, you know, the gloves. And I, there's even certain places like uh, there's a Hayek's up here, which is a great butcher and little uh, deli, and they carry food items. They are fully stocked with meats, and they're bakery goods. They have their own butcher. You're not going to have to worry about the condition of the meat lying there or the vegetables. But they have the sanitizer and gloves before you even go in. Some stores so are providing uh, sanitizer yes. and uh, masks. Yes. And so that's a I little mean, more trustworthy to me. You have to decide how much, how much you are at risk. And if it means amping up your vitamins or, um, you know, you, looking into essential oils, looking into supplements, you know, again, getting the blood work with your doctor and you say, well, I want to check this or that out. Find a way to keep your immunity up. That's the best way. That is an excellent uh, idea. And uh, that is why uh, people ask why we cover alternate medicine uh, and alternate uh, wellness techniques on the show. And I let them know that uh, in this time when people can't get health insurance, uh, you know, just basically present options. You know, we're not doctors. Right. We're not recommending anything. No, um, we're not. But, you know, some of the old ancient ways work, are yeah. not that far off because the things that you're using, you know, like for breathing or whatever, are very poor versions of, um, you know, RC oil or using um, 
specific type of things to, to open up your sinuses. Well, guess what? They're only using 1% or 2%, but they're putting it in a vehicle to make more money. So you're putting minimal in it, whether it be Vicks that's loaded in petroleum or a nasal spray, which is loaded, you know, with, with other liquids. And you look at what it is, you know, the actual um, material that's doing the job, not the vehicle, the actual medicinal material. Uh, and, again, even with supplements and, and um, aromatic oils or this or that, you still have to be careful and do your research, like should you be yeah. in the sun? Do you have a sensitivity? You know, is there something that, you know, a certain age or if you're a child, if you're pregnant, you should not use? This is, it always goes back to being proactive for yourself because there are no two islands are the same and no two people are the same. What works for one, you know, may be irritating for another. That, that's very, very uh, true. I, I found that something that will work for you too, in time it won't work for you anymore. Like, uh, for a very long time, I was on a high-protein, um, high-fat, low-carb uh, diet, and that was phenomenal. It kept my diabetes under control, sure. um, and I felt uh, great, and uh, everything was la da <laughs> In that particular sphere, everything was fine. I, I, I thought that I, I just continued doing this, and it lasted for quite a while. And then one day, it, it didn't, and then it continued not to. Uh, so again, again you and I have said that all of these things are also my, your needs and what your body needs and what affects you is affected by gender and age. It mm-hmm. changes. It changes, you know, as you go along and in every aspect. So, and then when you start having body parts removed or as like a car is, doesn't work well and you put something new in, something else has an issue. And at the end, sports, you hear about all the side effects that these medications have. And that's another thing that you have to take into, uh, take into account, you know, in terms of the side effects, you know, doing all this research. Like what is the, yeah, it's not going to happen to everybody, but what if it happens to you? Do you know what to do? And talk to your pharmacist about the medication and the medications you're on now. But, uh, yeah, everything is always um, keeping a little journal of your meds, keeping a journal of how you react to things. And, uh, again, you know, things you have to be flexible because things change. And this is a great way to enter something else in terms of flexibility, keeping your eyes open and your ears open and, and being an open person because at one time people thought the world was flat and that they would just fall off and more and more science is starting to embrace things that we never thought possible like Carl Sagan saying we are all made of stardust basically saying we're energy we're electronic pulses we are not our bodies our bodies are basically a vessel that hold our entity therefore I mean, yes, we, we will lose the body, and if you believe in um, past lives or reincarnation or karma, you will come back, you know, to redo this another time. That's one way of thought. The other thing is that, and this is interesting because I've been reading more and more about quantum physics and about science, the science journals where they talk about multi-universe and parallel universe. And basically, the multiverse and the parallel, the parallel universe is that the the multi universe is a collection of parallel universes side by side. A lot of different and, theories. 
And we're going to, unfortunately, we only have like five more minutes today, but next time I'd like to delve into those uh, uh, theories with you. I'm, I'm also very much uh, uh, enamored of uh, the multiverse way of looking at uh, reality, and I've written a lot about it uh, that's gotten published as well. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to that conversation. That's right. And, and here are two things, food for thought for our listeners. Have you ever been in a situation where you saw something on television and other and, and you just remark about it later and they said, no, that's not true, that never happened. But you remember it. You remember yeah. that situation. Um, have you ever had a conversation with somebody and then they don't remember ever having that conversation. Like, well, why do yeah. you remember it vividly? And maybe you even went so far to write notes about it. Uh, the other thing is um, deja vu. How could you have been in a situation and all of a sudden something triggers? And it's like rewinding the film and watching it again. And you know the script. You know what is going to be said. And you know exactly, you know, as it's being said, you know how it's going to play. And it's just like picking up a, a script and, and you're reading it again. But meanwhile, yes, you, you feel like you've and... never experienced that. Why is that? Another thing would be um, people that you see that you know. And how do you feel? Like, how do you get that close with someone in a very short amount of time? And the person says, I feel like I've known you all my life. Or it might mm-hmm. be maybe lifetime, maybe your lifetimes. And another a- interesting aspect to think about is when you're dreaming, how much of it is taking place within your head, and how much is being is is being taken place in another location, a parallel universe, whatever. You know, you're going through. People have there are people that remember their repetitive dreams. That the dream repeats itself. It's a series. Yeah. Usually they're in color, and you say, oh, wait a minute. It's almost like you're watching a play, and you say, oh, wow, I, I remember that last episode, and I remember this or remember that, and, and now we're going to continue it. You know yeah. the location. You know yourself as a main character. You look, live, you look differently. You might be a different age, but you know that it's you. Why? So here is, here's some food for thought for our next conversation on this. And then we can talk about, you and I can talk about our own personal experiences and yeah. what, was, what was revealed to us because so many things are puzzle pieces. And we could say, and this time and place, oh, no, that can't be, it's ridiculous. But then why are physicists talking about, there was a, one thing that was published in July called the Journal of Cosmology and Astroparticle Physics, talking about that in physics, yes, we know three dimensions, length, width, and depth, and one dimension, which is time. But physics is talking now about possibility of 10, possible futures, possible pasts. And, uh, and, and an interesting thing that with all of these physics, uh, scientists in physics, the big question is, why is the expansion of the universe accelerating? Interesting. Very interesting, and we'll have to end it there on the cliffhanger. Astrid, thank you so yes. very much. You're <laughs> awesome. Uh, and uh, we'll talk uh, between uh, episodes as well. Uh, I'm uh, currently the champion of the Tenafly Mayor's Wellness Campaign again. Um, I didn't Wonderful. know what would happen. 
change in administration, but it continues. So I started a, a Facebook resource group, and uh, I'm uh, doing a lot of things to establish a foundation, tying in actually a lot of other things that I've been uh, doing. Uh, so I already posted one of the resources that you've sent me in there, uh, and I proclaim you friend of the Tenderfly Mayor's Wellness Campaign. Oh, gee, thank you. And I will send you that phone number and the, the COVID information, you know, the online, and, and uh, a couple other things. And I would ask, humbly ask our listeners to do their research within their area. You know, it is amazing New Jersey does have multitude of links. Yeah. And different questions related to it, if you have a question. And they really anticipated everything. And we shall anticipate the next conversation in terms of where we've been and where we're going. And that, that sounds like an awesome thing to look forward to. Astrid, thanks again. Uh, good night. Oh, thank and, you. Uh, I'll, talk, I'll give you a call or send you an email uh, very soon. Most definitely. And again, thank you for having all these different platforms and having a wealth of information out there so people can make choices. And thank you for being part of this adventure, an important part of this adventure. Uh, I'm glad that our paths crossed and that uh, they're moving forward together. Most definitely. Now we're going to listen to Bran Kerdorian's King of Dreams, which ties into what Astrid and I were just talking about. And then we'll be back for the third part of tonight's um, Age of Heroes Optimal Wellness episode with Michael Delusi. I'm the sad man and the man in the 
Welcome back to Age of Heroes Optimal Wellness. Our next guest um, is a regular here in our podcast, Michael Del Russi, who's a holistic uh, minister. And uh, I welcome him to our return to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network. Greetings, Michael. How are you? Good evening, Hercules. It's great to be with you and the Olympian family once again. Uh, same here, and you're part of that Olympian family, so welcome home. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I'm humbled by that. I would like to open up with a quote that I uh, recently discovered from Roger Sperry, was a Nobel Prize-winning scientist and surgeon. Okay. He discovered that in most cases, the left hemisphere of the cerebral cortex processes logical and analytical thinking, while the right hemisphere processes imaginative big picture thinking and he had an interesting quote although our schools often pay lip service to the idea of the balanced renaissance individual in practice we suffer from a pandemic an interesting uh, term of half-witted yeah. thinking in the words of professor sperry our education as well as our science in general tends to neglect the non-verbal form of intellect what it comes down to is that modern society discriminates against the right hemisphere. Uh, I thought that was a very interesting quote because it's so relevant uh, in today's environment. So I thought well, I'd sir? like to begin the program with that quote. I th it certainly uh, caught my attention. I wanted to share it with the audience. Thank you. Uh, I have an opening statement that I'd like to uh, present to the audience, to the listening sure. family. Uh, I take full responsibility for the statement of Bold Spirits Holistics, Michael Del Rossi. My education and my degree is in holistic nutrition. I and I alone take full responsibility for the statement I'm about to make. Six months ago, through the auspices of this divine network, we at Bold Spirits strongly recommended looking at immune-enhancing nutrients as an important move toward protecting oneself uh, in fighting COVID-19. This, along with safety measures we're already familiar with, we felt could literally save thousands of lives. New evolving research has validated this potential for healing. I would refer everyone to a site called sciencedirect.com, all one word, sciencedirect.com. I'll say it one more time, sciencedirect.com, to scan the latest abstracts and an abstract are concise summaries validating recent research. In summation, here were the highlights of that research. A number of nutrients have been associated with improved outcomes pertaining to coronavirus. Vitamin D has been associated with both decreased rates of infection and improved outcomes in patients. Vitamin C may shorten the course of the disease and decrease the severity of the symptoms. Vitamin E, zinc, and selenium, which, you know, we discussed six months ago, yeah. 
are known to assist with recovery from viral infections, and there is evidence and efficacy that it can do the same thing for COVID-19. This is from the latest research acetates. So I would recommend everyone to go, and there's uh, far too many for me to even list here, but these are scientific research and acetates abstracts that people can go to and review for themselves at sciencedirect.com. But these were basically the highlights of all of that recent research. Uh, there are no, there are finally there are a number of trials underway evaluating the use of high dose supplements with COVID-19. Again, you're not hearing about this, unfortunately, on CNN, on MSNBC, and uh, you're not really hearing about it on Fox. Although they do occasionally mention nutritional supplementation. Uh, all the major news networks continue, for the most part, neglect the possibility that orthomolecular nutrition may play a vital role in perhaps not only regressing severe symptoms of disease, but maybe saving someone's life. Six months later, while thousands of Americans are taking it upon themselves to create and utilize their own immune-enhancing programs, the so-called experts continue, curiously, to avoid the subject. Uh, anyone with functioning consciousness, a beating heart, to, can tell that the omission is deafening. With still no active vaccine to turn to, cases rising daily, hand washing, social distancing, and mask wearing, the only advice our so-called efforts experts continue to offer, there in the midst lies yet a critical choice that has as yet to stay, have yet to speak of, and it's been curiously absent. It would seem the reality that lives might both be enhanced and even rescued through nutritional supplementation is not moving our experts to discuss this option in a bold and encouraging way. We all know the reasons why. Regulatory restrictions and divisions, outright fear by practitioners themselves to step on the wrong toes, and a system that survives on profit and loss fundamentals as a priority continues to set the rules, no matter how neglectful or, quite frankly, inhumane they may be. Six months ago, I recommended a basic immune-enhancing supplement program, virtually the same nutrients now being seriously researched and appear promising to all involved in those, those research programs. Enhancing one's own defensive armor provided by infinite mind and combating this invisible menace is what we're confronted with. To all within the sound of my voice, I continue to seek research. I continue to recommend to seek research, but act quickly and decisively. Just a few enhancing, immune-enhancing nutrients, just a few in concentrated form, may prevent disease and save a life. And we're talking about the very basics, vitamin C, zinc, selenium, if nothing else, if one does not want to engage in 10 or 15 supplements, That's this is where creative, their own creative mind comes in. But even two or three powerful antioxidants can do the job. The evidence is there while vaccines are still in primal stage and thousands continue to die. And that's my state opening statement for the program. You know, wow, what I can walk up to you and insult you to your face and you'll know exactly where you stand. Or I can insult you in a very sublime way. And you'll have to go home and think a little bit about it. Well, we're being, we're, they're letting people be, get sick and die. And 
it's not hitting it's not on the front page of the headlines of any newspapers in this country. You'll have reporters sitting in an audience in conference with the president. You mean they're not noticing this when I'm in contact with at least six or seven nutritional manufacturers now as we speak, and they say that it is impossible for them to keep up with the orders, and yet this is not discussed by the mainstream media, nothing? Isn't this just a little curious? And that's uh, my yeah, opening I've statement wondered, for this. I've wondered why uh, um, we're not exploring that uh, particular avenue a little bit uh, more in terms of people safeguarding themselves. Well, uh, I, the main reasons are because the even I mean even our president, uh, no matter what you think of him, uh, I remember a month or two ago when he was talking about the hydrochloroquine drug that they were they it appeared they were seeing some positive uh, results with that, and they were including zinc with the treatment, and he had to make sure he said and zinc. With your doctor's approval, well, <laughs> unless he's a, he's, a, he's an MD, he's a naturopath, or he has a, a, a degree in holistic nutrition, your doctor probably doesn't know what milligrams are safe, what milligrams can be effective, whether he studied any research on, on, on zinc intake in the immune system. Most probably have not. So this is what we're confronted with, and what amazes me, what continues to amaze me, and quite frankly, frankly, anger me, and I'm not afraid of that anger, the greatest minds of this time, when Caesar marched through Gaul, Alexander the Great, the great Marcus Aurelius Antoninus, while he was reflecting on his own thoughts in the battlefield, very humane and, and, and compassionate thoughts. He also knew that at any moment, the warrior side of him had to emerge. Well, yes, for real changes, whether it be sociological, uh, in the pharmaceutical or healthcare industry, sometimes you have to put on the warrior gear and you have to speak about it. So, yeah, there's a, we know why they're not talking about it. Even the, 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 the president had to protect himself because the FDA makes it very clear that no matter how strong the evidence is, uh, the nutritional supplements cannot be talked about in terms of a healing modality, if they're not pharmaceuticals, those, those are the regulations. And yet, I refer you to Dr. Ronald Hoffman in New York City, the Hoffman Center for Holistic Medicine. He has a podcast, been listening to him and talking with him for years. He's been recommending. And, you know, there's always that edge. There's always that little bit of risk where you have to be careful because... Well, we have regulatory uh, establishments that, <laughs> you know, they're, they're watching us. So, again, I take full responsibility for these statements, but somebody has to say it. I know there are others talking about uh, Ayurvedic medicine, homeopathics, all can be effective on different levels. But in my view, only strong immune enhancers orthomolecular nutrition, as Linus Pauling coined it, can get the job done. And we see it. We, we see it. And there's these brand-new studies. Go to sciencedirect.com and to validate everything I'm saying. And when I share something like this on the program, I like, to, if, I like for it to be validated. I, people just don't take my word for it. And then they make their own decision 
through bicameral mind on what they're going to do. Um, that is a very wise policy to follow. You know, these are informational resources, and uh, we're sharing uh, basically uh, our journeys, our individual journeys, which are going to be different because we're all uh, different. And uh, you have very uh, powerfully represented the uh, uh, case for supplementation. Um, I'll tell you what, what I ran into on my journey, and perhaps you can help me navigate uh, through this. Uh, I still take vitamins. Uh, currently, I'm taking a multi. I found a uh, over 50 uh, formula um, at the vitamin shop uh, that has a lot of the nutrients uh, in it uh, that are antioxidants. Um, and I occasionally take uh, like a little bit more. Um, like every, I'll rotate those through a couple of weeks. Uh, I'm taking vitamin C every day in mega doses. Um, I think that's very smart. And vitamin D3, because uh, um, that even the doctors are recommending it. And I had a prescription for that not too long ago. Uh, magnesium, mm-hmm. because of the keto diet that I'm on, I make sure that my multi has potassium in it also. Um, I'm taking mm-hmm. an electrolyte uh, um, supplement uh, because uh, um, I became aware by studying the ketogenic diet that uh, you need to supplement uh, electrolytes. Um, and Absolutely. now I'm what forms of magnesium, what forms of potassium, what forms of mm-hmm. sodium are more easily assimilable. With the um, arginine, I found that uh, um, there is something that you can get uh, the arginine from uh, better than from a tablet, uh, citrium malate, I think it's called. Uh, so I yes, I've that heard of it. And that mm-hmm. gets converted to NO2 uh, uh, much uh, faster. And I forget why mm-hmm. I stopped taking the selenium, but I, there, there was some there were some things I read and watched, and uh, that made me pull back an extra sol- supplementation for a while uh, until I mm-hmm. get a better picture. Uh, one of the biggest obstacles I've run into on my journey is that you know the uh, the supplement business is a multi billion dollar um, business in the United States, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, be, there is a bias from pharmaceutical companies, and pharmaceutical companies have been trying to suppress the information. There's enough evidence that that's happened, uh, if not mm-hmm. in all cases, at least in many of the cases. Uh, but there's also evidence that the supplement uh, um, industry does not want to be uh, very closely uh, regulated and uh, um, to substantiate some of its uh, claims. And uh, mm-hmm. they're very powerful lobbyists. So they mm. have uh, champions in the Senate and other places, you know, fighting uh, for the non-regulation of uh, vitamins. Uh, they can't openly make claims, but there's enough uh, literature where you can, you know, basically be told what they're for, uh, even if they themselves are not telling you on a, a label. The the only disturbing thing uh, that that's uh, that I can't get past is that um, every time my like, Consumer Report or some other agency does investigation uh, on some of the products, uh, they find that roughly a third of the um, uh, items that they examine or look into do not match the description on the labels in terms of what's in there and how much of it is in there. So There is no question that there is a certain area of adventure, if you will. I'm not going to use the term risk 
and the government, uh, the FDA would love me to use that term, but I'm not going to use it. And the reason why I'm not going to use it is because when when is the last time you heard of thousands of Americans having to seek emergency medical attention because they've, quote, unquote, overdosed on a harmful nutrient? So I'm not going to use the term risk, but there are some vitamin manufacturers uh, that uh, are not doing everything they need to do in keeping their product pure, effective, and as wholesome as possible. And, yes, in that area, they need to be watched. So there is a place for some form of regulation. There is a place. Uh, I would like that the industry would regulate itself. Uh, because I, you know, I don't have a heck of a lot of faith in the FDA. Because if you open the door just a crack, they're going to, going to make judgments and pass regulations that are going to hinder us from getting out there and uh, experiencing this adventure on our own, pros and cons. But yes, that is true. There are certain manufacturers. Uh, 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 that have been cheating, shall we say. That's why I try to go with the ones that I believe are tried and true, uh, like Swanson Products, uh, Twin Labs used to be big. There's a many, many others out there with uh, uh, established names. I, would, I tell everyone, be careful of the combination of propriety supplements that you see advertised on TV. Be very careful of those. Most of those are from manufacturers that I personally have never heard of and are disgracefully overpriced. So I would say be careful of those. And that's what this is where creative mind comes in in terms of doing our research on these supplements. See, looking at the double blind studies, we can find them on the internet. What does it show? What does it show for vitamin C? What does it show for IV? Uh, vitamin C therapy against cancer, against virus. What does it all say? Now you're always going to see find some negative reviews. That's life. Yeah. You're going. That's where your creative and logical mind come together and say, "Wait a minute, can this be helpful to me?" I can. I'll mention to you one product that I'm I'm using for about, I guess, 20 years. And if you go on the internet right now, you won't find hardly anything negative about it. What you will find is that it's been effective against virtually every form of cancer in, in, in vitro, or every form of cancer. And you find the same explain when you say, why hasn't more research been done? Nobody can give you an answer. You can go on uh, uh, the Mayo Clinic. You can go on the, the conservative. If you go on the conservative uh, uh, websites, you will find virtually nothing negative to say about IP6. And yet, not enough conventional research has been done, but in vitro, it's been a powerful anti-cancer nutrient for virtually every cancer. Not only does it act as a T-cell enhancer, but here's what's interesting. It takes the mutant cells, and somehow it changes the signal and normalizes them. Also, it's very effective against hormonal-driven cancers in both men and women. In men, prostate cancer specifically. In women, breast cancer, cervical cancer. It's been shown to regress these cancers in almost every area. And I'll top this off one more uh, bit of evidence. You know how I found out about it, of all places? I had Christian oh. TV on one day, and um, the 700 Club came on. 
with the gentleman whose uh, name I forget right now who leads that ministry. But he started to get into holistic healing. And he showed, this is by film, show the video of scientists in laboratories giving, uh, enhancing tumors on the backs of rats, producing tumors, and these tumors are quite large, and then putting in their water IP6, inositol hexophosphate. Within a month, the tumors were completely obliterated in every single case. Now, here's what's interesting. Months later, on the same program, they did a follow-up, the same thing. Cancers completely obliterated, and yet no serious conventional research organization has done extensive work with this supplement. We know it's water-soluble. Every, every, every study so far shows it's non-toxic. It's from, it originally comes from grains and wheat. A doctor, an Indian doctor by the, may, the, by the name of Shermudin, and I'm surprised I got that pronunciation right, he was a breakthrough research scientist with this. He wrote a book on it. It's not a large volume. It's a very thin book. Uh, I gave it away to somebody who was suffering from cancer, so I don't have it with me, unfortunately. But I believe his name was Shemudin. You can go on the Internet, type in IP6, and you will find virtually nothing negative to say about it. Keep in mind, this stuff's been on the market over 25 years. And yet, the conventional uh, researchers, the major institutions, are still not in, in exploring this aggressively like they should. I talked to one f physician who's all, also a nat naturopath, and I asked her, why? Why isn't more research being done with, uh, on IP6 with inositol? She said, that's a good question. She said, I, and she's seasoned in the field like I am. She said, I don't know why. More research. I wish I could answer your question. I don't know why. So I, this is a, a substance that if, God forbid, we're fighting a malignant disease, I would certainly be adding to my program. Uh, one company I have great faith in is Nature's Way. They put in, that's the product, that's the, uh, it's their brand that I stay loyal to. It's their brand that I use on a regular basis. It's called Cell Forte. You can get it in powder form or capsule form. It's immune system support. And I was going to say, I don't know if I did, but I can send you a one-page description of what it does, basically. And, of course, you can go on the Internet. But uh, IP6 with an acetol, nature's way. You know, you won't get this kind no. of information in too many places. This is well, from the vault. Way. This is from the nature's secret way. vault, let me tell you, because you won't just hear your average oncologist telling you about these things. So nature's way is a good brand to get uh, for this, for IP6? Yes, you can get a powder form. I like the powder. I get it's a, a 14.6 ounces. You can also get the capsules. Nature's Way, IP6 with inositol. Water-soluble. I like to mix it in water. Sometimes I add a green stuff to it. Uh, sometimes I add turmeric powder to it. The only caveat they've been able to find so far, and even this has been disputed, is that with some fat-soluble vitamins, it may tend to neutralize them. In other words, it may take away, it may compromise their effect. So they suggest that you take IP6 by itself as an example. You can take IP6 in the morning just for water. 
a teaspoon, whatever the uh, 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 recommendation, recommended dosage is, and then the rest of the day you take your supplements. But that, even that has been disputed. But you'll find it. You'll find it. You can look at all of the research, the recommendations up to this point. But this information needs to be given. It means, you know, I could tiptoe and say, oh, try this and try that. No, these are powerful anti-tumor regressors that have been shown to work in vitro. They need to be in vivo and see what happens with patients. Some patients have been in small studies. They've been in small studies, and the effects have been observed and noted. But we need large, large long-term studies on some of these nutrients. So I wanted to mention that because IP6 is, a, is, is, is something to really uh, take a strong look at. And I wish our uh, medical uh, researchers at large would really begin to do that. <laughs> I mean, it's been around almost 30 years. Now, I typed in uh, IP6 uh, uh, with uh, inositol um, and Nature's Way, and I got nothing on Amazon. Right. I got lots of inositol IP6 uh, products and, uh, and so forth, but I didn't get any for Nature's Way. Yeah, well, Nature's Way, uh, you, you should be able to find it uh, because they really, uh, uh, I think they were the first ones to manufacture it here in the States. Uh, but I'm sure you could find it on They may have a website, but uh, I just want to go over briefly with you what I'm what I found here when I typed it in, and I sure. want to read it to you if I if I can. IP6 yes, was shown to have anti-cancer and anti-angiogenic effects. Small studies of breast cancer patients showed that IP6 may reduce the chemotherapy induced side effects uh, as well. It may have also chemo-preventive effects in some patients with chronic lung disease. As usual, it says large-scale studies are needed to confirm these effects. Here's another study by the academicgroup.com. Cancer inhibition by inositol hexophosphate, IP6, abstract. Uh, I mean, you can go down the list. Here's another one, PubMed, protection against cancer, by dietary IP6 and inositol. Here's another one, longlife.org, IP6, an immunity booster against cancer and aging. Been around forever. Uh, so, I mean, we can go on and on. Here's another one. Can this is key. Cancerpreventionresearch.com. Uh, this is from the journals. Inositol hexophosphate inhibits tumor growth, vascularity. That, and there's a whole research acetate on that. Uh, what, where do you want me to start? Where do you want me to stop? I mean, I can only say that if I was suffering from this, I wouldn't wait for a, a traditional conventional onc oncologist to tell me to add the, this product to my daily regimen. I would not wait. I would share the research with him and tell him why I have confidence that with this will help me in my battle. So again, I will. Uh, I, I I don't. Nature's Way should have a website. Uh, I, I order it from. Uh, I ordered from Swanson. You can get it from Swanson Products. They do carry it. Swanson Products. I know Swanson has a website here. I don't know about Nature's Way because I've never taken the time to look up their website. But I can tell you that Swanson Products has a great website, and they carry it. They carry it. 
Okay, I, I found it on the Nature's Way website, which uh, Nature's mm-hmm. Way takes you to national natural health concepts. Okay, uh, all right. I, I've, never, I've never gone to their website. I'm glad you, uh, you've uh, uncovered it. I, I usually get it from Swanson, whoever you get it from. It, 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 it's of no consequence. Uh, if you get it from Nature's Way uh, uh, website, that's great. But I like their version of it. There are other vitamin companies that have come later, but I trust Nature's Way uh, because they were one of the first to bring it this guy. And as a matter of fact, as a sidelight, uh, they had a patent on it. There was a patent on it for quite a number, quite a number of years. I don't think they – I think the patent may have run out. Uh, okay. So other manufacturers can now indulge in producing it for the public. But for the longest time, I can tell you, because I, I was doing counseling in two health stores, one in Verona, New Jersey, one in Bloomfield, and they had a patent on it and it was for the longest time. So and now, of course, we live in an age and at a time where other manufacturers can also produce it. So it's anyway, it's a key supplement for the night, and I uh, was going to discuss this on a further program, but I think it's so critical. Immune enhancement is so critical both in T-cell formation and other areas of fighting malignancies, that I think it was important to get it out tonight. So I'm, I thank you for the opportunity. Oh, I thank you for bringing it up. Uh, we still have a little bit more time. Um, thank you for joining the new groups that I'm uh, creating for these new uh, adventures. Um, mm-hmm. And I proclaim friend of the Tenafly Mayor's Wellness uh, Campaign. Uh, so mm-hmm. if you have anything you'd like to share uh, with the people of Tenfly, uh, please uh, feel free. Uh, Astrid sent uh, something, and I shared that. Uh, so uh, um, th- that adventure is underway. For folks who don't live in Tenfly or don't want to uh, visit our Tenfly group, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the same information is going to be duplicated in uh, Age of Heroes Optimal Wellness. Uh, so one okay. is going to be local. The other one's going to be open to everybody uh, globally or beyond. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Uh, I would certainly uh, like to do that, and I thank you for uh, putting forth that offer. Uh, it's very kind of you. Thank you. So IP6 with inositol. I will. I, I wrote it down, and I will definitely explore it um, and uh, try it out uh, while I'm trying to sort out. Well, the I, I'm pleased to hear that. I think every family member and everyone listening to the sound of my voice should consider it and do their research. And as you pointed out, it is an adventure. It is kind of like uh, the frontier uh, because of uh, uh, circumstances beyond our control. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, you can get caught up in the conspiracy theories of it, (laughs) or you can just accept that that's what it is right now and try to improve it and uh, in the interim make the best decisions you possibly can. Uh, what I will exactly be doing... on an individual basis, and that is what it's all about. And that's where we become. And I'm so thrilled that you've coined, you've begun this uh, adventure, if you will. You've, you've coined these phrases because this is the Olympian hero inside of us, and this is where our uh, destiny is uh, on an individual basis. So yes, that's true, and everybody needs to hear it. And uh, we're going to be. Uh... Uh, expanding now that we're on CERN again, we're going to have more optimal wellness uh, focus. 
and I will be speaking with all the hosts of the Optimal Wellness Shows so that we can work together in, in providing an unparalleled experience uh, and get the most uh, information to uh, the people listening or the people following us on Facebook uh, because uh, um, th- this is a time of uh, challenge. It is a time of crisis, and it's uh, a time for all of us having to accept responsibility uh, for aspects of our life that we thought were taken care of. But uh, now, obviously, uh, they're not, and we don't know how long it will take to sort uh, through this. Um, I know that uh, people with the warrior spirit, as Michael was saying, within them are doing uh, all sorts of things, uh, uh, contacting politicians, doing research, uh, gathering people together, uh, so that uh, um, it is hoped that once we pass this time, we have an excellent uh, healthcare system uh, in place and that the information that we're getting is uh, accurate so that we can make the wisest decisions. But uh, we're not there yet. By no means. That's why I say what you're doing, and I don't, may, perhaps you don't even realize the, uh, the, the, the level of impact. This is really unparalleled because we're encouraging people to really apply, as Roger Sperry so articulately described, their creative thinking in, in moving forward and designing a preventive health program, notwithstanding what they are uh, exposed to by the mass media, which when it comes to natural healing is virtually nothing right up to this point. But we know it works. The studies are out there. The research is growing. And that's why uh, uh, alternate movements, alternative thinking is so vital at this point in time. Yes, that, that is uh, very uh, true. Uh, we're at a time now where we're getting flooded with information. Uh, there are different groups with different agendas uh, that are uh, uh, spinning narratives based on that information in all spheres of our life uh, simultaneously. And uh, unless you have specialized uh, knowledge, uh, it's difficult to make an informed decision. And even if you do have specialized knowledge, uh, people who have... Uh, uh, the degrees and the titles don't agree among themselves. Uh, and uh, one of the topics Michael was going to bring up, um, I guess we'll do in the next episode, is the different types of diets and uh, uh, what he's found in his exploration of uh, these diets. Like, for instance, currently I'm exploring the ketogenic diet. Um, is it a cure-all for everything? No. Uh, is it working better for me at this particular point in time than the um, high-protein, high-fat, low-carbohydrate diet? Yes, it is. It's, I'm starting to normalize, um, but uh, uh, I'm not getting the miracle results that uh, some people have been uh, touting. Uh, mm-hmm. but it is helping me, and, and therefore I will continue using it um, and uh, see where uh, it takes me. Um, but it's very well, important. Uh, uh... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go, Go ahead. ahead. I'm sorry. That's okay. I just want to say that I had, did have, I don't know, I may have five minutes, uh, and I did have some information that I wanted to touch on from my view uh, on the ketogenic diet, but I will say this very briefly. In researching both, you know, uh, we can go way back to the 80s with the Atkins diet, which, which right. was a uh, forerunner, if you will, of what we have now. But of the two diets, the ketogenic diet, and the paleo diet, I would say of the two, I think paleo is probably a healthier diet because paleo seems to allow for a little bit more in terms of uh, vegetables, some fruit, some fiber, but still cuts way back on carbs in general. Keto, yes, I agree. Keto can be effective, but keto has its problems. 
and at some future date we can discuss that. So I'm not a real big fan of pure keto, and I would recommend this very quickly. With some who are following keto to the letter are going to talk about frying your eggs in butter, maybe even using ghee, I beat the ambrosia, which is also used in something called the bullet diet. I can tell you in some of the research I've done, there are a few individuals who, when they adhere to this diet in a very restricted manner, uh, had developed heart disease and dropped dead. So I wouldn't recommend, I, I would be very careful because those on a strong ketogenic diet have experienced an increase in their overall blood lipids, cholesterol, and triglycerides. And no matter what they tell you, that is a factor in terms of where our longevity goes. So I think keto can be effective, but I wouldn't follow it too tightly. Uh, cut the car. I would recommend cut the carbs, but as far as green leafy vegetables, add them: broccoli, Brussels sprouts, lettuce, because they will have a very minimal effect on your blood sugar levels. The starchier vegetables like potatoes, tomatoes, yes. If you want to really cut them, cut them. They're very nutrition. They're nutrition dense, but cut them if you must. But I want to make that quick recommendation. I would be very cautious about uh, some of the, this these high fat uh, 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 rules and restrictions uh, in terms of what they're recommending, uh, because in some people it can be very costly in terms of cardiovascular disease. Um, points uh, well taken, and uh, um, just a very quick response. Um, I haven't gotten rid of all carbs. I've gotten rid of uh, uh, the starchy carbs, but I eat plenty of uh, um, green leafy vegetables and other vegetables, unless they're high in sugar, in which case I avoid them. Um, and uh, I make every, like, three, four days, I make a big blender full of uh, uh, blended uh, vegetables uh, mostly, uh, and I add five, two different types of uh, fiber, psyllium and uh, um, hemp fiber, and then I add uh, superfood uh, powder and uh, sometimes uh, plant uh, protein powder, and I create a concoction that lasts for a couple of days, uh, and then as often as possible, I, I like to have fresh vegetables or um, steamed or boiled uh, vegetables, so um, I don't think I'm depriving myself of any uh, micronutrients. No, as a matter of fact, that sounds like a terrific recipe <laughs> uh, for, for, for in terms of discussing many health conditions. I, I, that sounds like a magnificent recipe to maintain optimum health. And, yeah, by all means, I'm, I'm impressed with that, absolutely. And that's not very high in overall carbohydrates, and it, it's very high in fiber, uh, so if you're counting the Atkins way, you could subtract the fiber from the uh, carb uh, grams, and it'll give you something called net carbs, you know, which uh, uh, lowers the number of carbs you're allowed to eat mm -hmm. substantially. Uh, and the fiber... And well, you're insightful enough where you added your fiber, and yeah. uh, uh, that's, that's making all the difference on its own, but then you're also adding the vegetables, and you're getting your, yes, you're getting your phytonutrients and your micronutrients, so there, you're doing a great job, and it's uh, uh, we should uh, uh, adhere to some of the things that you're uh, you're adhering to because it, it's very uh, helpful that your your uh, mixture is very helpful. 
I'm still experimenting though, uh, because again, I'm getting my blood sugar under control again. Uh, but uh, for a while it had uh, gotten past my control. So I needed to experiment with foods and different proportions and uh, mm. stop doing certain things I was doing. And uh, uh, I tried uh, using intermittent fasting, which has helped in the past, but that doesn't seem to be uh, doing anything right now. Uh, so I'm experimenting with different things. So I'm still in the process and I've learned mm. because this happened uh, several times already uh, that uh, whatever I find that will work, stick to it. But know that one day I'll wake up and it will work, and I'll have to do this the whole adventure over. But that's good because, uh, in a way, I'm learning more each time I do this, and uh, it's increasing my awareness of uh, um, my body's needs and its processes. And uh, um, that is uh, an adventure. It, 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 uh, I have to work to keep myself healthy, and that's a good thing. Right, and it's causing you to explore alternative options you know yeah. and our cells change you know our cells change uh our, we're renewing cells constantly so uh yeah we're it's it's and the therefore our adventure into seeking longevity and just being the best that we can be you know pro, tomorrow's promise to none of us but why not why not you know some people play golf some people play frisbee some people play softball why not why not consider this as a hobby a life extension hobby where where this is our hobby along with bodybuilding along with body sculpting our hobby is seeking uh longevity secrets what else can we do is there something else we can add to our our uh, daily regimen is there something we should subtract so you know what it's it's a wonderful adventure and we're going to sometimes it's going to be hit and miss but that's okay and uh, you made a strong point earlier. Something we make it may recommend. It may not work for us, but may work for somebody else. Which is why why venues like this are so important in, uh, in terms of getting the information out there. Now we're almost out of time for today. Thank you for all the preparation you did, all the thought you put into it, all the enthusiasm and uh, uh, all the conviction. Uh, I appreciate all those, and I'm looking forward to our quest uh, continuing. Um, can you share your contact information before we go? Yes, uh, people can write to me at uh, Michael Dorussi, Box 129, Caldwell, New Jersey, 0706. Uh, my creative health manual discusses the sugar diets, the, uh, the sugar diseases that are uh, presently plaguing our nation, and I have an in-depth supplements uh, supplement program that's also recommended, as well as a diet, and that's only $3 a copy, a donation to the ministry, and they can write check or money order to the same address, Michael Darussi, Box 129, Caldwell, New Jersey. With that, they will also receive our laminated Wisdom of the Hemispheres charts, which explains bicameral mind and why it's so uh, important in today's living and today's lifestyle. And I have uh, both of those. Uh, thank you to Michael. And uh, they're awesome stuff. I enjoy uh, looking through it and learning more. Uh, my knowledge of uh, uh, nutrients is nowhere near Michael. So I really appreciate all the thought. Uh, and experience that he put into his uh, recommendations, and I continue to uh, experiment with them. Uh, Michael, we have a couple more minutes. Any last words you'd like to leave people contemplating as uh, uh, they begin their own quests? 
Yes, uh, simply continue to apply both your logical thinking and creative mind as one in whatever decisions you're making, both in terms of your healthy lifestyles and life in general. And by all means, be discretionary in terms of what you're hearing from the mass media. I believe, by and large, based on what I've witnessed in my own personal travels in life, uh, unfortunately, we still live in a Pied Piper society, and the squeaky wheel often gets the most attention. Whether it be politics or the social agenda, apply both hemispheres of your mind, and you make the individual the individual decision in terms of your own commitments. Thank you very much. That's a very powerful place to leave things. Thanks to all those who've joined us uh, tonight as well, whether you're listening uh, live or join us later on demand. Until next time, this is all of us wishing you joyous journeys and amazing adventures. Just fade away The color